just let me just tell you this. I was going to preach today. We're starting a new series that's called Hit Delete. Get rid of some junk stuff in your life. Great series. But listen, I didn't want to preach this weekend because I didn't want to study like I normally have to study and take up all this time. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because I'm taking two of my kids, my two oldest kids, tomorrow morning to California to drop them off in their new lives, their adulthood. My son is 18. He's going to Bible college. Praise God. My da- yeah. My daughter is 21, and she's furthering her modeling career. She's going off. She's, I don't know if you've been to Ala Moana Shopping Center lately. She's on all the windows down there. She's doing big things, and we're dropping. But for me, I wanted as much time as I could this past week to hang out with them, help them pack, all of that. So can we just say a special thank you to Pastor Tom, because he's bringing the word this morning, and it's a good one. So would you guys just welcome Pastor Tom as he brings a good word this morning. Get him. What's up? What's up? Hey, guys. What's up? Are you? Yeah, we're starting a new series um, called Hit Delete. How many of you guys got some stuff to delete from your life? Um, anybody uh, know the wheel of death? Anybody have a map, that pinwheel of death? That thing that makes you wait for like an hour just for your like, you know, laptop to start? And uh, it's because one of the reasons why you got too much stuff on there. You got to delete stuff. You got to put stuff in the trash. You got to get all rid of all the music and all the pictures so that you can be running effectively. And I believe our life is the same way. We got to get rid of some stuff so we can go all the way for Jesus, run the race, right? It says in Hebrews, take off the weight that slows us down. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor a long time. I got some weight to get rid of, which means I believe you got some weight to get rid of and some stuff to, stuff to delete. And so... Uh, We're going to talk about that, but more than just getting rid of stuff, um, this whole series is about what can we add? What can we give to your life? What what kind of tools can we give you so that it's more than just getting rid of stuff, that you get God's spirit in you, you get peace and freedom. Who wants that? I know you want that. I know you want more and more of him. And and so it's it's really, it's kind of really getting more of God. Uh, But before we do that, I I, uh, wanted to ask you guys, anybody on Instagram, Facebook, social media? All right, okay, cool, everyone does that. Um, How many of you guys have pictures that people have taken of you, have tagged you, and you're like, why did you do that? (laughs) That you have pictures online right now, probably more than you think, by the way, (laughs) that you wish weren't on online right now, that you wish you would like want them to delete it, want to get rid of it, you're just totally embarrassed by it. Anybody? Come on. Right? Okay, cool. Well, um, I scoured Facebook for the ones that I don't like of me, and I'm going to show it to you guys right now. I'm going like, to just put it out there right now. And so uh, the first one I'm going to show you is kind of a, it's not that bad. It's just me of, of a kid, but here it is. There it is right here. Yep, there, there's, uh, there's me and my cousins, um, and then there's me. Obviously, I'm the small one, and I'm about 10 years old. Uh, do you like the Asian bowl cut? Perfect, perfect bowl cut. My mom did it without a bowl, by the way. Not just boom. It's like I love it, and uh, I love my tidy whitey shorts. And apparently, I used to tuck my shirt in back then. I don't know why. That's a, it's kind of embarrassing. Um, the next one is I don't show it yet. Is uh, I talk about my drumming. A- oh, hey, there it is. I talk about my drumming a lot, and I'm like proud of it. Not so proud of this one right here. Not looking so hot. I'm trying to spin the sticks like heavy metal spins. I look really, I just look really dumb. Um, 
If you notice on the bottom there, there's a HonoluluPulse.com. It's a online magazine. So apparently, I represent the pulse of Honolulu <laughs> through this picture. Like, that's a sad sight right there. Uh, show the next picture. I wish they would delete this photo. This is a nice picture. This is an old-time Hope Chapel staff picture. Anybody recognize any of these guys? Look at Rob McWilliams with the stash. You see him? Can you find him? A little more or less gray hair. But if you, can, you know what I love about this? Look how fun the staff looks. Look how happy. Look, it's a candid picture. Like, we're having fun. Look at my face. Everyone's like this and happy. I'm like, I'm actually not, uh, I don't care about that because I've done, I've ruined many a picture doing that. Notice how huge my shirt is. (laughs) And what happened was, I'll give you the background. I distinctly remember going to work that day and I forgot it was photo day for the staff. And I, I just wore a regular shirt. And so I had to borrow someone's collared shirt. It's a short le- a sleeve shirt. It's two thirds down my arm. <sighs> delete that thing. OK, cool. Um, so we got stuff to delete. And uh, we're talking about that. And, and through the whole series, we're going to talk about what to delete from your body, your soul, and your spirit. We're going to talk about every aspect. And today, we're going to talk about your spirit. And, and we're going to focus on that and that how important your spirit is and how Stuff is slowing you down, making, messing your life up, uh, giving you negative things with negative results. And in 2 Corinthians 7, it says this, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves, delete, from everything that can defile our body or spirit, and let us work towards complete holiness before we fear, uh, because we fear God. And here's these words, holiness and defile. And I think sometimes we, it, it seems so like, whoa, it's like so heavy. But it's just really, let's get, let's get rid of the stuff that's slowing us down. Let's get rid of the distractions. It's not really defiling, but it's just slowing you down. And it says, uh, d- um, get rid of the stuff that is slowing down the body and the spirit. And in this scripture, the word spirit is this word pneuma. It's a Greek word. And when we, it's the same word they use for the Holy Spirit, which is it, the Holy Spirit can breathe pneuma, life, breath into your spirit. When it's talking, to a, I'm talking about a human spirit, it's referring to your thoughts, your feelings, and your decisions. Those are huge things in your life. Every thought that you have, every feeling that you feel, and every decision that you make, because we have God's spirit breathed in us, we are capable of doing that. That is this, the function of your spirit. Now imagine if all of that was negative and it was impacting your life in a negative way which I, I believe all of us have experienced that, that something's impacting our thoughts, our, our feelings, and our decisions. And we're going to talk about how can we get rid of the things that are defiling your spirit. And so I'm going to give you three things. But before that, I want to tell you two things before we do that, because uh, I want to make sure you know this, is that when, when, you, um, when you do this, that it's not a one-and-done delete that it's not a one-time deal. You're going to hear my sermon. Okay, I'm going to take notes, three things, and you're going to go out there. I'm going to delete those three things, and you're going to come back to church glowing with the Spirit, floating on air. I'm like, life is perfect now. And you know how many guys know that's not true? 
that it's going to be a lifelong process of you deleting this from your life. So here's, I'm going to be honest, that it might, these one, these three things, you might be dealing with one of them or all three of them for the rest of your life. And what I'm trying to give you is tools to how to deal with it when it hits your life. It's not a one and done delete. And the other thing I want to tell you is we are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. Can I get a hallelujah and an amen for that? Which means this. I'm going to give you three things to delete. And if you delete that thing, you're not buying your salvation. You're not earning your, the, the favor of God because, God, I deleted those three things. Do you like me more now? No, God already loves you. He already loves you right now. He's giving you the undeserved favor of his grace because he bought your salvation, not because you earned it through Jesus Christ on the cross. I want you guys to know that, okay? So before we do that, but here's the thing. If you do do that, I believe this, you're going to experience the best life possible. That's what we preach here. That's our mission statement here at Anchor Church. We want to lead you to the best life possible. And I don't mean riches or fame or, or a, a good career. What I mean, the best life possible is you're in the sweet spot where Jesus has you on a mission and purpose, that you're doing everything that God created you to do. That, to me, is the best life possible. And so let's, let's talk about the things that you need to delete from your spirit. The first one is, if you're taking notes, doubt. Doubt. I know a lot of us deal with that. And doubt is thoughts of God that he's not real, that he's not there, that he doesn't even care. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys re re uh, read recent headlines. There's a couple big-name Christians that have kind of denounced their Christianity and said, no, I'm not sure if I believe that anymore. And it's, it's made headline news. So this subject of doubt has been coming up. There's been articles written. There's been Christians attacking them and just a lot of discussion going on. And here's the one thing I want to say, whether you agree with me or not, but I, I, I believe this. That doubt is okay. Can I say that? Can I say that here? That doubt is okay. And the reason why I'm saying that, a lot of you guys are struggling with it right now. You're doubting. There's like, oh, is God real? God doesn't even care. And here's the reason why I'm saying that it's okay. Because everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through a season of doubt where something happens and we go, ah, oh, okay, what's going on? And we get hit with it. And um, here's, here's something that I read, which I hope makes you feel a lot better. I read a, um, about Mother Teresa, um, that in her biography, she admitted that she suffered doubt for a lot of the ministry, that, a lot of the time that she ministered uh, to people. I mean, come on, everyone know Mother Teresa? Oh, yeah. I mean, she did a lot of awesome work in the name of Jesus Christ. She suffered doubt for most of her ministry. Now, there was a lot of Christians that critiqued her because of it. I don't know about you guys, but that makes me feel a whole lot better. Anybody? It's like if Mother Teresa suffered doubt, whoo, I'm pretty good. Thank you, God. You know, and I hope that makes you feel better. And, and so I, I actually read something about, about doubt. It was a really good analogy. That doubt is like an icy river. It's like this river that's covered in ice that you can stand on. And on one side of the bank is unbelief. And on the other side of the bank of this icy river is belief. And so on the negative aspect of doubt, because doubt can slide you towards the bank of unbelief, where you go, no, I don't believe it anymore, and you totally, completely walk away from God, right? But here's the odd thing, and I've experienced this myself, that when you're on this icy river, if you, if you kind of have the right things and the right tools, it can actually push you closer to Jesus. Do you guys believe that? that your doubt because of the wrestling and because of, God, where are you? Sometimes you seek him more because of it. Yeah. And I believe that's what happened to Mother Teresa, that she had doubt, 
but she dealt with it properly. And, and so I want to give you tools to slide you to the, 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 the bank of belief. So that's, that's doubt. And I want, to, I want to mention one thing. We got connect groups starting up. Anybody in a connect group? All right, the rest of you who are not, I got a connect group for you. <laughs> We're actually going to start a connect group that deals with doubt that deals with the questions that you have. Because I just preached it. I said, it's OK. And I, this connect group is designed that you come into a safe place where you can bring your doubts, that you can bring, a, 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 bring your fears, and have an, a, a, a nice conversation about what you believe, about your faith. And it's called starting point. And so here's how it's going to happen. We're going to probably meet in here. And we're going to watch a 20-minute video, and then we're going to break up into smaller groups where you get to have a safe place to go, man, I'm not sure about this. I've been questioning this a long time. And you get to discuss that with other people. Is that great? I hope you guys are interested in that. And if you have somebody in your life that's suffering doubt, invite them that to that Connect group. And so um, I want you guys to sign up for that. You can go online to Connect groups. Just look for starting point, but it's going to be awesome. The second thing that we should delete from our spirit is Negativity. Negativity. Anybody been around a Debbie Downer? Anybody a Debbie Downer? Don't raise your hand. Anybody is a Debbie Downer? Anybody named Debbie? I'm so sorry. You're okay, Debbie. <laughs> right? And what is a Debbie Downer? It's that person that criticizes everything. It's like, oh, that movie sucks. Like, oh, can, can I sit someplace else, please? Or, or they, um, they just put down everybody. And they just talk, or they're, they're a gossiper. They're just like that person that's like, just, just has a negative spirit about them, or even a negative spirit about themselves. So they're just like, woe is me. I suck. I can't, oh, I, don't, I can't do anything right. And so it's just negativity. And seriously, I, all of us, I've, I've had bouts of negativity, and I, I believe all of us have as well. Uh, the third thing is that we got to delete from our spirit is sin. And you're like, yeah, of course, sin. And, and, and it's just a big deal. But what I'm talking about, why is sin in this about delete from your spirit? Because if you think about it, your sinful actions didn't start when you did the action. Where did it start? All the way back into your brain. All the way back into your thoughts and your feelings and your decisions, which means all the way back there, there was something that a thought, a desire, a feeling that you're like, uh, then you had a decision to make. Should I commit this sin or should I do this? I, I don't know what it is. And so if you really, really back it up, it's right here in your brain, isn't it? And here's the one thing. As a, as a pastor, I've been a pastor a long time. I, I really believe this, is that a lot of our sin, our sinful actions, if you back it all the way up to the beginning and the root, I believe it's birthed in pain. I believe pain leads for this, the, the, the decisions to sin because it's a coping mechanism. It's something, how do I deal with this pain? Well, I'm going to do this and this and this. And we're going to deal with that. Let's, let's delete that from our lives, amen? And so, but here's the thing. I just gave you three things, right? You got to delete doubt, negativity, and sin. So go ahead and do it, and let's pray. <laughs> you're laughing because you're like, uh, easier said than done. And I, come on, how many guys... Know what the right thing to do is. Don't have to raise your hand, but do the wrong thing instead. You know what's right, but you do it wrong. And it's almost like you're caught in a cycle where you can't help yourself. And I hope you feel comforted in the fact that the Apostle Paul wrote a whole scripture on that subject. In um, Romans 7, it says this. 
Romans 7, verse 14. Here's the apostle Paul, one of the hero, heroes of the faith, one of the greatest evangelists in, that time, in, in his time. He says this, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate, but if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anybody follow me? Anybody relate to this? That's everybody in here, right? <laughs> Verse 20, but if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered the principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. On one side, this, this comforts me. This makes me feel pretty good. I'm like, oh, the apostle Paul struggled with it. I struggle with it. Okay. On the other side is, well, then are we just stuck then? Like, are we just, okay, well, thanks a lot. I'll just close my Bible, and thanks a lot, Paul. I'll be struggling with this for the rest of my life. See you in heaven. <laughs> and the most amazing thing about this scripture is that this is not the end of Romans, by the way. Yeah. You don't take chapter 7 and just go, well, throw the Bible away, you know. You read on. And because here's the thing. Paul gives an answer. I love the, that Paul is real. He's talking about himself, my struggles. But then he says in chapter 8, I got an answer for you guys. And, and, and I'm going to be sharing things that you can fill your spirit with. And I, I, want, I want to say it this way, that there are things that are remedies and prescriptions to the doubt, the negativity, and the sin. They're the things that, I mean, how many guys get sick? You take antibiotics, right? Things that fight those viruses. And so these, are, I believe, are things that are going to fight your viruses. But in... Um, in Romans 8, here Paul gives us the answer in, in, in verse 5. This is the message version. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them. Living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us into the open, into the spacious, free life. Oh, man. I hope, let that Scripture soak into your spirit right now because what he's saying is if you invite the living, breathing God into your spirit, into your thoughts, your feelings, and your decisions, the result will be to live an open, spacious, free life. Who wants that? Yeah. Come on, right? That's Paul's answer. Invite God's spirit, that living, breathing spirit, so that you can have this open, free, spacious life. Man, that sounds... Ooh, Paul, you're a good salesman. I want that. And what is he talking about? And I'm going to give you three things to fill your spirit to give you that open, free life. But I'm going to give you a warning. These three things are real Christian. Which means this. You've heard it before. You've heard all of this before. It's nothing new under the sun. I'm going to give you three things that are nothing new, but I want you to come from this perspective. Like I said, this is a prescription to that doubt that you're suffering in, with, that negativity that you're suffering with, that sin that you're suffering. This is, this is a, hopefully to help you get over those things. And uh, that's, why, that's why I'm going to preach them, even though they're real Christianese and they're real like, you know, it's like, what is, if, if I just said those three things right now, you're going, 
heard that, done that, I know, yeah, why did I come to church today? And I want to make sure that you come in a perspective because I agree with Paul. We know the right thing to do, but we can't seem to do it. Anybody with me? And so we're going we're gonna to talk about this. The first one is, I warned you, it's God's word. Write that down. One of the things that fill your spirit is God's word. And here's why I absolutely believe in God's word. is because God's word breathes God's truth into my spirit. God's word breathes God's truth into the spirit of negativity and doubt in particular. That when I know the truth, it changes my mindset. And um, in Proverbs 3, 5, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. And how I read this verse is that, that I got to get out of my own head. I got to get out of my own logic. I got to get out of my own pea brain because I only think this much. And I have the faith and the trust that God thinks this much, even more. Here's me, here's God, which means I need a bigger perspective. I need to see the bigger perspective. I need to understand the bigger perspective, but I can't because I'm just human and fleshly and I only have this one narrow-minded way of looking at things. And I've been, I've been doing something lately. I've been memorizing verses. I've been like, you know, um, I used to do it, stopped doing it, and now I'm doing it again. And you're probably thinking, isn't that what pastors should do? That's what, I, don't, I pay my tithe for you to memorize verses. What's going on, you know? And, uh, and I'm not doing it because it's a pastor thing to do. I'm not doing it because it's a Christian thing to do. I'm doing it for this reason, so that I soak and that I marinate in God's word. And when I do that, the truth is gonna come out of me naturally. It's, 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 I don't even have to think about it. I'm, I'm a drummer, obviously. You saw the picture, whatever it is. And I study drumming and I practice drumming and the, the, the best drummers in the world don't have to think about drumming. Every new drummer does this. One, two, three, four. They're horrible drummers because they're thinking about it and it's in their brain. The best drummers are all, you know, you watch, watch Tyler on the drums, he's not even thinking, and it's like an amazing, and it's an amazing thing. And it's because of the practice and the, and the memorization and the re repetition and they just keep on doing it so it just comes out naturally. I want God's word to do that in my life. Yeah. That it comes out naturally. That I, I know God's truth and boom, it just comes out. That I don't even have to think about it. In Psalm 1, uh, this is one of my favorite psalms in the world. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. And I love this verse. If you delight and meditate, on the Lord, on the, God's word, day and night, you'll be a tree planted like uh, by the riverbank, which means you're bearing fruit. Anybody love fruit? Yes. Anybody love mango? Yes. Mango is my. That's mango is the epitome of every fruit. That's just awesome. And guess what? Everybody in Hawaii knows this. It's summertime, which means mango season, mango season right? And so a couple of years ago, I bought a house, and guess what? It's right by a mango tree. Yes. And I was like. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, and I was like, I love mangoes, and it's a community mango tree, so it's not in my yard. So I was like, I moved in the spring, and I was like, summer was coming. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to just, I'm going to like mangorge on mangoes right now. So I was watching that tree, and guess what? No mangoes. Literally just a blank tree. Come 
uh, end of July. I'm like, still no mango. Come maybe like in early August, I saw a little mango. One mango. Like it was there. I saw him. Like, Ooh, what? there was one mango. And like I said, this is a community tree. And I was like, should I share this mango with somebody? So I watched that mango every single day. And I was like, watching, I'm like, ah, maybe I should do the Christian thing. You know, it's like, love my neighbor as myself and just, you know, give it to somebody else. And I'm just going to admit to you, I ate that mango. And it was great. And it was delicious. <laughs> and uh, I picked that thing. I'm like, you know, I was like, yeah. But I was mad at that tree. Why would you only give me one mango? It's, this is the mango season. Right? And so I thought, okay, this is a waste of time. This is a waste of a tree. Okay, well, wh- whatever. So I'll get mangoes somewhere else. This year, I don't know what happened, whether it was a lot of water, a lot of rain. I don't know what happened. Dude, I was like mango galore. Fruit was popping out of this tree like crazy. Like, boom, 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 boom. I'm all, oh. And here's the thing. I don't know what happened, but I am enjoying the fruit. And I want my life to be the same way. I don't know what I did. Of course I know. I, I, I soaked in God's word. And fruit naturally comes out of me. I want, I, want pe- I want people to say about you, like, dude, what's going on? You got a lot of mangoes. What's going on? <laughs> You're bearing the fruit of the spirit, patience, joy, peace. You're not negative anymore. Yeah. Those doubts been kind of dissipated away. You're closer to God. Like, what's going on with you? A little bit more mature now. You're growing in the Lord. I, you're, you've soaked in God's word and you're prospering. Um, number two is worship. And specifically, singing songs to God, I believe, is a powerful thing. Do you guys believe that? Yeah. Worship, singing songs. Why? Because I think music is powerful. We love drums here. We love, man, guitars. We love to rock it out. But matched with the truth of God, oh, man, come on. Yeah. Who loves to get their worship on here? And so I believe that there's, this is a powerful tool. But here's the reason why I believe worship is a remedy to all that, that negative stuff. It focuses you on Jesus. It gets your focus off of the negative stuff and the doubt and the sin onto Jesus. In Philippians 4, it says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Get this then the God of peace will be with you. If you think about things that are true, honorable, and right, pure, lovely, and admirable, excellent, worthy of praise, then you will have the God of peace with you. To me, that's God's promise. And I believe worship focuses us back onto Jesus. Um, How many of you guys have heard a, a, a sin and repent message before? You're a sinner, you gotta repent. Anybody? (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to preach one right now, actually. Because um, here's the thing. If you have, and I'm, I want to take the word sin and repent, and I want to kind of define them for you, and hopefully it kind of changes your perspective a little bit about those things. Sin, all that sin means is, is I'm missing the mark. It's an archery term that means I'm aiming for something, and when I let go of the bow, it misses the target that I was aiming at. But here's the one thing. I always thought that I was trying to hit the right target, and I just missed but I, just, I discovered one thing. What if you miss the target because you're aiming at another target? Yeah. That you're just aiming at something else other than the right target. Am I making sense? For example, if you're supposed to aim at God, but now you're aiming at 
man, I really want that girl to like me. Man, I want my career and my business to really, I'm going to, and you know what? I'm going to get there by any means possible. Or your focus is on some guy that hurt you, some girl that hurt you, and you're just mad at them and unforgiving, and you just want to ruin their life. And that's what you're focused on. What are you focusing on other than Jesus Christ? That's sin. The word repent, you know what the word repent means? When we hear the word repent, we think we're crying on the ground and saying, I'm sorry. The word repent literally means to change direction. That's all it means, change direction, which means you want to sin and repent? You want to repent from your sin? Just change your aim. Refocus your target on what you're supposed to be aiming at. Does that make sense to you guys? That I'm going to go, I'm not going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on Jesus only. And you're going to get your mind off of that. I believe this. Worship is one of the greatest tools to get my mind off of the wrong thing and put my mind on the right thing. That is Jesus Christ. Anybody a crybaby here? Anybody, anybody admit that they're a crybaby? Because I, <laughs> I love that. I love this guy. He's all... Yeah, I'm, a a little, I'm a little ashamed because you know why? I'm an I'm a absolute crybaby. I'm Filipino. And it just comes out. I don't know why. I can't help it sometimes. It's like, uh, I mean, I could cry right now if I really got myself into it. And, um, and it's still embarrassing to be honest with you, but this is what happened this week. In staff, in our discipleship meeting, I was bawling like a baby. And uh, the background story was that I had something that I've been praying for for a long time. And God didn't answer that prayer. And I was kind of doubting God, to be honest with you. At times, I was kind of mad at God, going, how come you're not answering this prayer? What's going on? Doubt was creeping in. Negativity was creeping in. And Trevor, just on his guitar, started singing the song, Another in the Fire. How many of you guys love that song? Another in the Fire. Another in the Fire. And if you guys know the background of that song is, it's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, story, uh, in the, in the book of Daniel when they decided we're not going to bow to the king Nebuchadnezzar. And the, and the consequence of not bowing to the king was you're going to be thrown into the furnace. And so they were thrown into the furnace, all three of them. But if you read the story, when they looked into the furnace and they weren't getting burnt, they saw another person with them, a fourth person. You guys remember that story? And that's when you sing, there was another in the fire with me. And what that, that makes it such a powerful uh, uh, vision of God is with you in the trial and everything. But here's the one thing that I remember while I was singing this song, in my doubt. I remember, do you guys remember what they said before they were thrown into the fire? I'll share it with you. And Daniel says this. This is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to King Nebuchadnezzar before they were thrown into the furnace. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. So here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying this. My God is able to save me from this furnace. But if he doesn't, we will not bow down to you. We will only bow down to God. And he is still my God. And so I'm going to cry right now. Okay. (laughs) 
When I'm sitting there worshiping the Lord and this hits me, I'm complaining to God, God, you didn't answer my prayer. And I'm looking at that and going, you know what? I should have the same attitude that if you don't answer my prayer, God, you are still my God and I will worship you and I will not bow to any other. Thus, crying like a baby in the middle of the staff. And so I was like, ah, it was just, it hit me. And I was like, okay, cool. What happened was I was aiming at the doubt. I was aiming at the answered prayer. It got me back to Jesus. I sinned and I repented. And so that's why worship is a powerful tool. Uh, the last one is prayer. I told you, real Christianese. We're like, uh, prayer? I, yeah, okay. Um, and I know we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting. I know we're doing that. We're praying for the, our friends and we're to, praying for our family to come to Jesus. But I want to make sure that in your prayer that you add this aspect to your prayer life, that your prayer life should never be just a list for God to answer. It should never be, oh, God, I want you to do this, this, and save that person. I want to give you, oh, please give me more mangoes. And I want you to do this. And I want you to, and we just have this list that we give to God and we go, okay, have a great day, God. I hope you do it. And we walk away and we go on our day. I hope in your prayer, in these 21 days, that you're having a two-way conversation with God. That it's, yes, give them your requests, but allow God to speak life into you. Allow God to say things that, that you don't know, but he knows. And remember what I said? I believe a lot of the sin that happens in our life, if you back it up, it's birthed in pain. We're coping with pain. And logically, if it's birthed in our spirit, well, then the way to get rid of sin in my life is let Jesus heal your sin. Let Jesus heal your pain, I mean. And the best way I know how to do that, to let Jesus heal my pain is, talk to him. Let him talk to me in prayer. That I would have this two-way conversation that I will allow God to heal my spirit. In 2 Chronicles 7, it says this, and here's a promise from God himself, 714. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and get this, and heal their land. God is promising, if you seek, seek me, if you pray to me, I'll heal your land. What, is, what does that mean, heal your land? Your land is you. Your land is your body, your spirit, your soul, your job, your family, your kids, your career, your health. It's everything that's, that, that, that is you, your, your influence, God's saying this, I'm going to bring healing to all of that. Everything that's bogging you down and messing up your life and causing you pain, I can heal you from that. Do you guys believe that? And God's saying this, pray. Pray to me. Have a two-way conversation with me. And so here's the thing. I'm going to close. But I want to give you a challenge. I want to give you homework. And I know you guys, a lot of you guys are taking up this challenge of the 21 days of prayer where you're praying for your friends. I want, it, I want for the next six days... I want to give you this challenge. I want you to do the remedies and fill your spirit with either the word of God, with worship. You know what I love about worship is, is that in today's technology, you can play all your favorite worship songs, right? You, you probably came today and you're like, oh, Trevor didn't play my jam. <laughs> well, well, 
guess what? You can go home. You can have all the jam you want. You can just make a playlist and just make your, all your favorite songs and spend some time in, in the next six days getting into God's word, worshiping all the favorite worship songs that you love and get into the presence of God. Get into prayer. Get into a two-way conversation. Allow God to talk to you. And guess what? I, I want to see. I want to I see. If you guys take up that challenge for the next six days, I want to see what's going to happen. You know what? I think a lot of things are going to happen. I think God's going to renew your spirit because of it. And, and I hope you guys believe that because um, I'm going to close with this story. I read a story in Wayne Cadero's book, Pastor Wayne Cadero of New Hope. He wrote a book called Divine Mentor. And the story was that there was a staff member that came to him and said, hey, Pastor Wayne, I don't want to work here anymore. I don't want to do ministry anymore. I'm kind of burnt out. I'm not sure if I love God anymore. I've lost my purpose. I've, I'm, getting, I just, it's, I'm getting overworked. I don't want to do this anymore. And in Pastor Wayne's wisdom, he told the guy, hey, you know what? Don't quit. I want you to go for a limited time. Just don't do anything. I want you to go home. Just take some time off, but I want you to do this every single day. He said this, I want you to sit at the feet of Jesus. I want you to sit at the feet of Jesus. And what Pastor Wayne was referring to was that story, if you guys remember, in Luke 10, when Jesus was invited to the house of Martha and Mary. You guys know that story? Jesus was invited to the house of uh, Martha and Mary, and so Ma Martha was getting everything ready. She was cooking. She was cleaning the house. She was just getting everything ready for this dinner for Jesus. He was the honored guest. And Mary wasn't doing anything except sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach and talk and converse. And they were saying, I'm not sure what they were saying. I would love to know what they were saying. But that's all she was doing. All of her focus was on this. And Martha gets a little perturbed and says, hey, she didn't talk to Mary. She talked to Jesus. Jesus, can you get Mary to help me out here? What's going on? Can, can she do some stuff here? And here's Jesus' reply. He's a, he says this to Martha. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And I want to challenge you guys for the next six days Sit at the feet of Jesus, soaking in his word, his worship, having an awesome two-way conversation and prayer with him. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I want to come before you. I thank you for everything you're doing. Lord, there's stuff that slows us down, and I pray that we get rid of it, God, or learn how to deal with it and to soak in your word, your worship, and just communion with you, God. I pray that for everyone here that if we take up this challenge that for the next six days, that we be freer at the end of those six days, that there be more joy and peace in our lives, that there be something supernatural in our lives, that our spirit will be refreshed. I forgot to tell you guys that at the end of that time that, that pastor came back, he didn't want to quit. His spirit was renewed. Something happened when he met with Jesus. And I believe this. Something's going to happen when you meet with Jesus. I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but something's going to happen. Just sit at his feet every single day. Lord Jesus, I pray, Father God, that you would speak, that you would do things, that you would blow people's minds because 
because you just really want a relationship with us because you love us. With all eyes closed and head bowed, I just want to give an opportunity for anyone to declare Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, to make Jesus the Lord of your life if you've never done that or maybe it's a rededication. And really what I mean by that is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you because he loves you, because he wants a relationship with you, because he has so much in store for you. And he did that. Yes, he did it for you. And all he asks is that you would acknowledge that, that you would say, yes, Jesus, I believe what you did on that cross. You died for me. You know what? Because you gave your life, I want to give you my life. I want to become a born-again Christian, a follower of Jesus. If that's you, maybe it's a first time or maybe it's a rededication, I want to pray with you. I'm going to say a prayer in a minute or so, but I'm going to ask that, and really it's just you hitchhiking off of my words. I'm going to say a prayer that I want to lead you to, to a personal prayer to Jesus himself. But can you do me a favor before we do that? With all eyes closed and head bowed. With a show of hands, can you tell me if you want to pray with me right now? to give your life to Jesus. We got one over there. We got two over here. We got three. We got four. We got five. Anybody else? Hands are going up all over. We got six over here. Anybody else? Oh, I see you. Yes. Anybody else? Man, hands just went up. Yeah, I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you so much for that. Oh, gosh, that's good. Best thing that ever happened in the service was that just right now. Put your hands down and make this your prayer to Jesus himself. Just use my words under your breath. Lord Jesus, I come before you and I believe in you. I acknowledge what you did. And what did you do? You died on the cross for me. You came specifically to this earth for my salvation, to carry my sin, to die where I should have died. And you rose again from the grave three days later and I rise with you, a brand new creation and brand new life renewed. Thank you so much for that. I believe in that, God. I believe that you died and you rose again from the grave and that you are alive today, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Because of that, I give you my life, declare you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' precious name, we all pray. Amen. Hey, let's give those people a hand. Woo! Come on, yeah. Good stuff.